got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expenses, cause when is expensive. I got expenses, cause when is expensive. I've been reading all the war. And I've been shutting out the stars. Yeah, cause when it rain, then it pours. Yeah, and I'm ready for some more. Yeah. Welcome back to Freight Alley and Global Supply Chain Week. Right now we are live doing Put That Coffee Down. It's the podcast that we do each week on Freight Sales, and it's the Freight Sales Podcast for Closers. And you can see right here, back behind us, this is our normal uh, normal backdrop here, money running down, Anthony Smith. That's right. That's right. And Kevin Hill, I'm a big fan of this show, so I'm excited to be a part of this, this yeah. segment. You're Put That Coffee Down. A lot of gems being dropped. A lot of money being made. And if, you know, if you're listening to the show, it can do nothing but help you in every asset of how you operate or how you want to grow your business. It, you're exactly right. We talk about sales. We talk about the green, yeah. the, the green, yeah. you know. So, so we talk about sales. We talk about leads. We talk about the entire sales process. We have great guests on. Uh, Duner and I did this show for about a year, and now he's doing some extra what the truck. So I always have special guest co-hosts along with our guests. And today is your turn in the co-host seat, Anthony Smith. I've been waiting for this moment. And on top of that, as an economist, I think we have a special guest that we're going to introduce a little we bit do. later on and get to even more deep in the econ web. We will. We will. So you can put on your economist hat yes. and, and talk, uh, talk numbers and uh, rates and, and everything that economists do yes. <laughs> together. Uh, but yeah, so Teclo Garcia, he's an economic development director for the city of Laredo will be in. He sells the city of Laredo to industries, to logistics. And, you know, Laredo has a very special part of the auto supply chain, right? Because right. you have a lot of component parts uh, being manufactured and value add going back and forth across the border. Uh, there was an article not too long ago, or I, I guess maybe it was maybe six or seven years ago now that, that I think about it. But, uh, you know, that the average component or auto part might, might cross the border between uh, Canada, the U.S. and Mexico back and forth maybe a dozen times before it was actually completed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it has to go through the Laredo a lot of the time, right? It, it does. This is the largest inland port uh, in the United States. And I think it's the fourth port by, by value. And I have some stats here uh, with this. I, I lived down in Laredo for about six months as a freight broker. Uh, love the city. Uh, great people. Awesome food. Uh, just, just a really neat experience to, yeah. to be be able to go down there and be right on the border and doing international trade as a freight broker. But it's the number one inland port along the U.S.-Mexican border. That's the Port of Laredo, uh, number four in the nation uh, with two hundred and five billion dollars in imports and exports in twenty twenty. In 2020, according to the U.S. Census Bureau data analyzed by World City, uh, approximately four million. Uh, let's say 4.5 million trucks crossed the border in 2020, north and southbound, right? It's home wow. to 220 freight forwarders, 650 trucking companies, and 120 U.S. Customs broker. And they, it seems like they're all along Mines Road. Yeah. And yeah. if you've ever been to Mines Road, it is just uh, it's wall-to-wall trucks. Um, but goods shipped through Laredo traveled to more than 60 countries. The top products imported vehicles, machinery, and electronics, and exported is machinery, electronics, and vehicles, and plastics as well. Yeah, and I mean, that kind of fits the theme of what we're talking about throughout this mm -hmm. entire segment of global supply chain, especially for today. And it's just like when you think of Texas, you hear all these things. You hear of Dallas. You hear of 
in Dallas-Fort Worth a year of Austin. Laredo kind of goes under the radar. It does. But there's a lot going on there. It kind of reminds me of Chattanooga a little bit. Like mm-hmm. Chattanooga goes under the radar in comparison to Knoxville, Nashville, Atlanta's right down down uh, down the road. But it, there's a lot of activity. Freight Alley. Freight and Alley. you look at Laredo, I think it's another one of those areas that's like a lot of activity, a lot's mm-hmm. going on there, but it flies under the radar in comparison to some of the other major cities. It, it does. You know, the big markets, Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, L.A., but, but Laredo is, is the, the lifeblood between um, the, the U.S. manufacturers, Canadian manufacturers, and uh, the manufacturers in Mexico's. Uh, you know, Mexico's corridor there with, with Monterey, and then you have the, the auto industry is a little bit more south uh, into to parts that I'll butcher their names. Uh, <laughs> Quetro, you know, yeah. my, my Spanish pronunciation is just slightly worse than my English pronunciation <laughs> of, of words. So, uh, yeah, you have that, but you have the Macladoras. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit about, about the Macladoras. I, I used to know exactly what it meant, um, but now we're going to get Teclo uh, in here in just a, a few seconds to explain it a little bit more to us uh, as we do this interview. But it's interesting to see, you know, he's a salesperson. He's selling the city of Laredo, and we have Teclo on right now. Thanks for joining us, Teclo. How are you doing? Kevin, Anthony, thank you uh, very much. It's really a pleasure and, and certainly an honor to be on with you all to, to talk about uh, supply chain and, and Laredo. Thank you for the opportunity. You bet. Thank you very much for joining us today, Teclo. Uh, can you give mm-hmm. us a little bit about your background and your work for the city of Laredo? And I, I think you've done similar works uh, or work uh, in, in different municipalities and cities along the, uh, the, the border in South Texas. Yeah, a little bit about my, my, my background. I'm, I'm a veteran, U.S. Air Force veteran who became a journalist and an editor-in-chief here in Texas and, and then kind of got into... Um, government affairs and uh, and then economic development. Everyone says no one gets into straight into economic development. There's no degrees for that. You somehow <laughs> you wind up in it. And and that's that's how I that's how I got into it. And I've been in Laredo now for about uh, about a year and a half, uh, going on two years. And uh, I lived in McAllen, another uh, you know strong border uh, mm-hmm. port um, for for 13 years before that. And so so uh, that's a little bit of uh, a background on 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 me. That sounds it's very interesting. Now, here's the million-dollar question. I lived in Loretto for six months. I'm very interested to know this. What's your favorite restaurant in Loretto? Yeah, for sure, it's Palenque Grill. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's my go-to. You know, the the my favorite plate, just to go a little bit further, Kevin, is the, uh, the pechuga de pollo or enchilada plate. Either one, man. I'll take it any day. That Great minds think alike, Teclo, because that was my <laughs> on my list here, the Palenque Grill. <laughs> I, I love going in there. The, the Camarones Agua Chile. Is that how you, you know, the, the Agua Chile shrimp? Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you never had that uh, for the audience, if you never had that dish, it is superb. Really? It is. It's, it's, it's basically it's shrimp that is uh, cooked kind of like ceviche style. If mm-hmm. Am I getting this right, Teclo? Uh, right. A little bit yes, of ceviche correct. style with a lot of uh, pepper, you know, jalapenos. And I mean, it is just delicious. I mean, that's some of the things I love, like when you're thinking about certain regional areas and some Mm -hmm. of the areas that kind of specialize in certain dishes and things like that. Like in New Mexico, it was all about chili, green chili or red Mm -hmm. chili. And so just kind of hearing about some of these areas and the regional uh, variances and what those popular dishes are. So I got to get out to Laredo. Yeah, definitely. New Mexico, you were at New Mexico State, uh, Las Cruces there. That's right. That's right. You had that that great flavor. My lunch spot was El Popo's. The tortas were, were, were great. Have you ever been there, Tecolo? I haven't been there since, since uh, I've been there since I've been here, but a lot of people talk about that. There's too many restaurants. Anthony, if you come, don't start a diet before you get there. <laughs> 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 
Noted. <laughs> I, he doesn't know what the word diet is. He, he has two lunches and two dinners. You know, you know. I, I think Dooner said you you live on protein and and Sour Patch Kids. I mean, as long as you skip breakfast, you're a okay. <laughs> you're good to go. So, so Teclo, uh, tell us what's the most enjoyable part of your job. Well, you know, really the most important, most enjoyable for me is connecting private sector uh, opportunities. Um, that, you know, with with what they need to uh, to get to be successful here in Laredo. If someone's looking for property or 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 a partner or or maybe some other strategic um, you know initiative uh, with the city or another public entity, uh, to see those uh, see those come together, um, Kevin, and then and then if it's if it's something more traditional, a company who just wants to locate to Laredo, when when I see them start you know construction and then. Uh, or expansion if it's a local company uh, that, that we might help uh, in the private sector. And you start seeing those jobs postings go up. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's about the investment, creating opportunity for that for that particular enterprise, and then also seeing our local residents being able to take advantage of that in the way of jobs. So, Teclo, you really have to kind of wear two hats when you're doing this, right? You have to be very public uh, authority at state and local government, but you also have to think in, in terms of what's going to be good for, you know, private businesses. What are some of the, you know, difficulties when you're kind of switching between those two gears? Well, certainly, uh, you know, privacy is, is of utmost importance to the private sector. Um, and, and when you're dealing with uh, economic incentive programs and, and, and trying to accommodate, um, you know, that private sector company, along with what is needed for transparency on the government side. You know those always, uh, you know, seem to uh, come across each other and meet at a certain place. But I think we've got that. We've got that down. Texas, the state of Texas, has an excellent, you know, code to to go by, and we try to we try to uh, use that as best as possible and work with our, um, you know, our private sector companies. And and as you know, um, in dealing with uh, some of the companies y'all were mentioning even before the show started. You know, some companies are wide open and, and, and they really don't uh, mind a, a full 100 percent transparency and others are very are very private. And so we've got to respect that and deal with that. But that's that's one of the challenges that, that we deal with. And I think a lot of economic development uh, folks uh, across the country deal with probably on a daily basis. You're exactly right. You know, that that public and private type of question that, that Anthony brings up. I love to talk about the unique uh, position of Laredo. Um, and in the automotive sector, which is which is huge for cross-border trade between the U.S., Mexico, and and Canada as well, we can't forget about the, our Canadian friends up north. Uh, so, so there's there's a concept or there's a trade uh, a trade concept called Mac. Or there's there's companies that that fall into what what you call Macladores, right? If I have the, mm -hmm. that pronunciation right, still, can you explain to the audience a little bit uh, wh what maculadores are and that that industry or the, the industrials that that make up the maculadores? Yeah, my, my Spanish is not perfect, uh, Kevin, but I'll, <laughs> I'll help you a little bit. It's called maquiladoras. Ah, uh, and <laughs> uh, but but no, the, the you you mentioned you you started to explain it earlier as as you were talking. It's the the maquiladora is essentially a, a twin plant concept. Right. And, and so, you know, uh, when when there could be a manufacturer on the on the Mexico side of the border um, and a, maybe a, a finisher on the U.S. side or vice versa. Right. There could be a manufacturer on the U.S. side with the, uh, the value add on the Mexico side, depending on what the product is. And in the in the in the um, in the auto um, area, obviously, those go back and forth and and for a, a ton of reasons. I mean, you could start with some 
bare bones, you know, resources that need to be put together in one place, add, you know, add another component in Mexico, maybe in a third one in Canada brought back to Laredo for finishing or packaging. I mean, that there's a lot of things that happen. And if you can think of new cars that way that get shipped from central Mexico, as you were mentioning earlier, um, you know, there's a lot that has to take place. Uh, that that concept has worked very well for, for several decades. Um, and we continue to uh, receive interest on that. We just helped a company about three, three four weeks ago, Kevin, trying mm-hmm. to locate uh, in Nuevo Laredo for, for, for manufacturing as part of the, of the maquiladora process. Yeah. So one of the areas that I'm curious about, I mean, you're like I said, we're, you're, you're looking to draw business in for Laredo. Mm-hmm. Do you see yourself competing against, you know, other cities or, you know, local areas within Texas or other states for, for some of that business? Uh, yes and and no, Anthony. Um, you know we uh, we do compete uh, like most other cities do to to draw you know whatever uh, company that you're trying to pull into your area, um, and and certainly uh, in Mexico as well. Uh, you know they're looking for a um, a border crossings that that is um, you know um, transparent and fluid and and can move their goods to meet their deadlines for their clients. And in that and in that sense, we do compete. Uh, sometimes with other border crossings, uh, whether it be El Paso or or Far uh, or Brownsville or even Nogales uh, uh, or Ote Mesa in California, just depending on on this on the uh, locations and strategies of that company, um, you know, I, I, you know, there's been a lot of relocations to Texas. M- many have gotten a lot of ink, you know, from the tech sector, and and so Texas has has been very aggressive in in recruiting and expanding locally. And and sometimes we will get into that, but I think I think most important is to find out um, before we even compete with another city or location is is find out what that company needs to do that's best for them. If if, if they want to be in the center of the country and they're looking at DFW, well, you know, Laredo's probably not going to be in their realm because we're a little bit too far south for maybe uh, for for their goals to be accomplished. But if they're looking for a manufacturing or a quick ins in and outs of Mexico and other logistical. Um, um, you know, goals. Yeah, we can help them. And Kevin, I think that kind of gets back to what the core of a lot of sales is or successful sales or good sales. I mean, you you have a product, you have a good, you mm-hmm. have a service that you're looking to sell that, that that draws utilization, but only if you can actually derive that utilization. You don't want to just push a product yeah. just to push it. And this isn't actually going to be a solution for you. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, the companies uh, that are Loretta is a solution for, you know, you, you're selling that solution. Loretta has a, a it also has a very distinct competitive advantage over a lot of the other border border crossings as well, right, Teclo? Because you have the the largest port, you have the direct road mm-hmm. to, to Monterey, which is uh, the, I think the third largest city in in Mexico, and maybe the the wealthiest per capita as well. Because you have, and if you ever driven through Apodaca into Monterey and around the the outskirts, uh, you, you, every major branch you see signage of because they have state of the art facilities uh, about two or was it two hours from uh, Laredo from the border crossing. They're yeah, yes, sir. Approach. About. About two hours away from uh, from our bridges is Monterrey uh, and, you know, their industrial might. Uh, and we're on I-35, which uh, mm-hmm. a lot of folks forget doesn't end in, in San Antonio. You know, it, it goes from uh, Minneapolis and all the way through, uh, you know, DFW and Austin and then San Antonio and then Laredo. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it, you know, you were mentioning, you know, some of the things that helped Laredo be the, the port early, you know, the number four port and number one exporting port. You know, there's 
a lot of things that have to take place for us to do that, and 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 uh, including having a great leadership team here, um, you know, at the city, but also, uh, you know, our federal partners, you know, those, uh, you know, U.S. Customs folks that work the bridges twenty four seven, you know, that's extremely important that that, that make us successful. We we do have uh, several bridges, uh, and we have four bridges, uh, vehicle bridges, and one rail bridge, Kevin, and and another mm-hmm. rail bridge on the way, and then another vehicle uh, bridge, uh, you know, in 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 planning. Uh, so, you know, having multiple uh, bridges like that, as opposed to just having one that could be closed for whatever reasons, uh, makes Laredo successful. And the last point I'd like to make uh, along that question is, uh, as you mentioned, the highways between Monterrey and, and the border, you know, Laredo has lived off, has lived off its uh, strategic location for, for hundreds of years, um, you know, since its founding. Uh, but opening up that, that market uh, on the southwest side of Laredo uh, that grows avocados and and uh, berries and a lot of other commodities uh, with that new highway, the Pacific Highway, and connecting that to Monterrey has really, really driven demand uh, for Laredo. And and thinking about some of the things that have been recent with Laredo, I'm curious, how has Laredo been, or your role especially, been affected by COVID-19 over the last few quarters? Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, <laughs> actually, uh, yesterday, uh, you know, I, I ran into a colleague who was not wearing a tie, like both of you gentlemen. I wish I could not wear one. Some days, but, <laughs> but, but, but I asked him, I go, where's your tie? He goes, no, that's your job. You wear a tie. You're self-made. <laughs> and so, and so uh, it, it's difficult to do. I think a lot of economic development uh, professionals uh, are, have the same challenge of trying to sell your community, you know, from your desk, you know, from your apartment or your home. Right. I mean, that's, um, that's a challenge, mm-hmm. but I think we're finding ways to do it as best we can. And you know, we 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 had a we still had near a record year in terms of construction um, last year in Laredo, and and then the the last five months at our bridges, uh, traffic has been up even thirteen percent in December. So we're finding a way somehow, uh, Anthony. Yeah, it's, it's it's you are definitely. I mean, traffic's up. Uh, so so basically, I, I worked on uh, along Mines Road uh, near the mm-hmm. near the International Bridge whenever it's there. It's been six seven years ago now. Uh, I it, it was a busy hopping place at the time. You mentioned expansion. Uh, mm-hmm. How is expansion going along Mines Road? And what other areas might be opening up right now for uh, further expansion and the growth of Loretta? Well, Mines Road is. Um... <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's it's a it's a blessing and a detriment at the same time because um, it's closest to the World Trade Bridge and it carries more traffic than I thirty five, Kevin. Yeah. I mean that's how busy it is, and and so uh, it, it's definitely the, the 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 main artery that goes along several um, you, know, you know industrial parks there, and it's used heavily. And we're working to expand it and uh, increase uh, connectivity to thirty five instead of having just one way to, to get to 35. So we're doing that. There, there has been, especially uh, in, uh, the, along the north part of Mines Row, probably uh, Scrub Brush when you were here, but, but there's a couple of business parks on, on that north side of Laredo mm-hmm. that have drawn the, 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 a huge interest from our produce companies where Mission Produce is putting a $50 million uh, you know, facility in. And then, and then another uh, group is putting another $20 million uh, group in, which we'll, uh, we'll announce here in a couple of weeks. And then on I-35, uh, you know, that continues to grow as well. FedEx just opened up a $25 million gateway to Mexico facility. Mm-hmm. And then um, our friends at Majestic, uh, we're, we're continuing to work with. Uh, we're trying to get, uh, you know, their, their two, uh, pardon me, their 2,000 acre, $1 billion development off the ground in a partnership with the city. 
And then that north north part is uh, along the loop, right? The, the north part of the loop around Laredo? Uh, yeah, nor north of the loop, uh, uh, about uh, three miles. We like to call okay. it the Unitech area or the mile 13. It's on its way to San Antonio. Okay. Excellent, excellent. I mean, that's one some of the things about Laredo. Is like I, you just mentioned some of the produce stuff, the avocados. And you, we also know the automotive sector. So it's just like so much. It's not one just mm -hmm. particular industry <laughs> with Laredo. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of everything. It, it, it is definitely. And let's talk about deep freeze that, that you guys yeah. just went through. Uh, you know, Houston got snow. Mm. I don't think you guys got snow down there, but you had power out. We were supposed to talk early last week and, and you guys were without power. And I'm sure uh, scurrying around because it doesn't get uh, that cold down there uh, too often. And we're talking about produce. Yeah. Right. And how does that how's that freeze going to uh, affect the crop? Uh, certainly, uh, you know, south of us is, is the Rio Grande Valley, and, and, mm -hmm. and, and the Rio Grande Valley was unfortunately impacted, um, you know, by the freeze, uh, you know, cabbage and, and citrus, especially, which is their strong suit, right? That was impacted. Uh, Mexico was, uh, was um, and their crops were not uh, impacted. But what, what happened, uh, Kevin, the biggest um, issue with the freeze was, um, you know, our bridges stayed open the, the entire time, and, and we had product still moving uh, in north from the border. but you know, anything north of Laredo through San Antonio, 35 was closed down. And so mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of movement and the, sp the supply chain was was halted. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of stores that uh, had to close, including the biggest grocer here, HEB, uh, did not close. But but there's but their shelves were bare. And, and so wow. they're, they're catching up now, just like everybody else, but certainly had an impact uh, uh, statewide for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And Teclo, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I need, I always want to know with anyone that we have a chat with on what's next, whether it be their company or their business or anything like that. I'm curious of one of the things that you're most excited about with the city of Laredo over the next 12 months. Well, we, we've got some uh, we've got some open, um, you know, uh, deals that we're uh, and, and private sector companies that we're dealing with. You know, I, I wish I could reveal more about that, but these are on the verge of happening. Uh, and, and they could uh, really mean, um, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of new investment for Laredo. Uh, and we're really counting on 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 closing some of those um, and, and trying to create investment and more jobs. We're really excited that that next 12 months is, uh, Kevin, I'm glad you framed it that way, because that's going to be really critical for us um, and, and, and trying to develop Laredo into um, uh, a, a much better place in terms of job creation and quality of life. You know, we, we were talking to our friends at Majestic, and they're a national company, and we were talking about possibilities of what they wanted to do in Laredo, and, and we were talking about other markets and how we're competing, and we mentioned some smaller markets that, that we thought were a competition, and they stopped us for a second and said, you're the number four, sometimes the number one port in the country. Quit worrying about some of these smaller markets. You're competing with L.A. and Miami and Philadelphia. You know, expand your horizons a little bit, because that's what Laredo really is. And that's why we're plotting down a billion dollars for a development in Laredo. And, and that really kind of caught my attention and kind of changed my perspective a little bit on how I do my job. I didn't really see it that way until they really kind of enlightened me, Kevin. So this is outstanding. I, we were talking, this is a sell show, and you're yeah. talking about contracts, contracts about to be signed. How does it feel? Tell us your own personal experience whenever you, you sign and ink a, a huge deal for the city of Laredo. What goes through your well, emotions? <laughs> you know, for, <laughs> that's fun. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, first, you know, elation and then relief. I think you know, just like <laughs> anything, right? I mean, yeah. hey, you got that out of the way. I think I was, you know, for me, uh, I remember reporting to the city council. You know, Mayor Signs and and our city council have been very 
supportive of, of these things. But I, I remember reporting to them about uh, the mission produce thing. And I was thinking, oh, $50 million, this is going to be great. And, and, and then they said, okay, so what do you have next? And I was like, you know, <laughs> hey, can I, can I just celebrate for a sec? You know, can I, can I you know, bask in this? But no, it's, it, it, those, those are kind of the emotions you go yeah. to. And obviously there's, there's, there's challenges and frustrations along the way, but, but definitely um, uh, happy to, to, to be working with our team here in Laredo. Perfect. Uh, we're running short on time. We have about 30 seconds left, but I want you to be able to uh, tell our audience and attendees here at the conference today where to, uh, to, to go to learn more about the city of Laredo, the economic development, and contact you personally. Certainly. Uh, you, anybody can find us at, uh, at, uh, at the city of Laredo's website. You can just dial the city of, city of Laredo. Uh, also, our friends at the Laredo Economic Development Corporation, Laredo EDC, uh, they're, they're very, very good, and we work closely together. Any, any of us can help you here in Laredo. Any interest you might have uh, on shipping goods back and forth, uh, uh, starting a project, uh, wanting to be here in Texas, uh, let us know. We're here. Thank you, Kevin, for that opportunity. So th- thank you, Teclo. Th- thank you again for uh, joining us today, and uh, good luck, and we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. I'll save that plate for you. Yeah, please do. <laughs> please do. We'll go to Planque Grill. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so i mean he i think teclo really framed it when we we're looking at just how much yeah. activity goes through that city that yes. he's going to be essentially competing with la miami like these major players it is I, I think i think it's about the size of chattanooga too so yeah. i mean it's probably like 200 250 and in kind of the city we, we have more of a metro area with right. george and alabama uh once you get out of laredo it's, it's the desert no man's of. land a little yeah, bit no man's <laughs> land it's, it's it's a long drive from san antonio down to, to loretta but but very much worth it uh certainly but yeah so you know touched on a lot of a lot of economics yeah there we did for you. we did we did and i mean it went into deeper than just supply and demand uh-huh. it's the adequate supply the right supply yes. for the right demand and i think that's really one of the biggest takeaways i had here it's not just hey i got this good I have the correct good. I have the correct solution mm-hmm. that you need to help, you know, push us both forward and not just like, hey, I'm just trying to, you know, unload uh, this yeah. deal on you and just kind of keep it moving. And that's what puts strains on supply chains, right? Yeah. Is is volume of sales, right? You can you can oversell your supply chain and you can undersell your supply chain. Yeah. And both of those will result in bullwhip effects that will just reverberate all the way down. And we're, we're kind of seeing that with, um, with the West Coast, right? The, the West Coast, the congestion out there. Uh, I don't know how many ships are, are sitting at anchor waiting to get unloaded, but it's this huge demand by the American consumer that is adding the shock yeah. to the, the global supply chain right now. That's right. That's right. And also, before we run out of time here, because we're running short on time, yeah. I almost forgot we have something to give away. We, we do. I think it's an Apple TV 4K, right? We have an Apple TV 4K. We have that ready and geared up here. I'm looking at the, the latest drawing. And I, is this a, a blockchain company, Kevin? I don't know. I, I think he works in blockchain, but I don't know if the company is blockchain. Uh, you know, it might be a lactose-free, <laughs> uh, uh, lactose-free blockchain. I'm not sure. But without further ado... The winner of the Apple TV 4K is Randy Rolf of the A2 Milk Company. Congratulations, Randy. Congrats, yes. So, so you're going to get the Apple TV 4K. And then at the close of the show today, we're going to announce the winner of the, the, the big prize of the day, which is a, a Canon uh, camera. Yes, yeah, not and an I, actual Canon. It, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not a, a revolutionary yeah. war Canon. No, we, we were, I was expecting to find one back <laughs> here uh, this morning, but it's an actual camera. I, I, I can't think of the model because it's a bunch of numbers. It's but. like a 
E, I'm sure the, the the production team behind are just like, it's an EO, you know, I know just right? talking about the I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm surprised they're not yelling at <laughs> in my ear right now. Uh, but yeah, but it's a camera. fantastic camera. Top of the line camera um, that, you know, even our production people would use. So yeah. that's, a, that's, a, that's a huge, huge boost right there. So, uh, but we have great episodes, or great sessions, fireside chats coming up this afternoon. Alan Adler is is coming up with Richard Simons. Um and I have a fireside chat that I'm going to have. I'm really excited about. Oh, that's about. right. You do. Yeah, with Cheetan, um, with uh, Automative and, I oh, mean, sorry, Locomative and yeah. Locomation. I'm sorry. Lo- Locomation. <laughs> Locomation. Lo- Locomation AI. Locomation AI. Yeah. Sorry, I kept messing up. <laughs> but um, I'm really excited about that one because it's looking at just truly the, I think, the epitome of what this entire conference is. And that's going to be. The, the forward movement of automation mm-hmm. and freight and truck transportation. And so talking about talking to him and, and asking him about, you know, picking his mind, what's the most important aspects of it all? What goes into his mind with his team? Just yep. like every, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I, John Godfrey from Pirelli Tires, uh, kind of in the trenches of moving tires yeah. and moving tires during their pandemic. Uh, again, Put That Coffee Down is on every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time live. And you can find it on demand at tv.freightwaves.com and wherever you download your podcasts uh, through Put That Coffee Down subscription or Freightcast, where you can get all our great shows and conference materials, Freightonomics, What the Truck, uh, great quarter guys and much, much more. Long haul oh. crime log, but <laughs> let's go to the next one. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expensive to win and expensive. I got expensive to win and expensive. I've been out of work. And I've been shutting out the stars. Yeah. The wind and rain and the force. Yeah. And I'm ready for some more.